It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Indians, your daily Cleveland Indians podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of Lockdown Indians. I'm your host, Jeff Ellis. Uh, I, I know people said the restream earlier this week was choppy, so we're going to try to do it via Zoom. Uh, if you are someone who listened to the show earlier this week, let us know how the volume sounds compared to the other shows and how the overall stream does. That helps us out as we work on production. Joined today uh, by Pat Ellington. Pat, uh, good to talk to you. How you doing? Doing good. How about yourself, Jeff? You know, I'm there's always a degree of, you know, a deep breath when the draft is done. Uh, you know, I can just kind of sit back, uh, especially now that I'm not writing. Like back in the day when I was writing up uh, at peak, writing up 50 rounds of Indians draft picks and then writing up a review of every single team's draft class. Uh, I would be in the weeds for another week or two. But nowadays, it's like the draft's done. I'm done. Let's. Uh, look at talent and move on. Speaking of the draft, I know people are expecting lots of draft content this week, and uh, I've been profiling picks throughout the week, talking about some players here or there, and we'll, I will continue to do that as there are several players I have not had a chance to get to. Pat, what were your thoughts on the draft this year? Uh, I know it's not necessarily something you go super deep on, but after everything came out, I'm sure you had some chances to read. I know you're someone who digs into things. So what did you think about some of the picks? Anyone... You know, Gavin Williams, you know, the big name, but uh, you know, your thoughts on him and then maybe anyone else who stood out to you. Um, so I wouldn't say when I say these guys, you know, these guys really stood out. I wouldn't mean that in a bad way. I mean, they all have very similar traits and very similar profiles. And it's what they need is like K for nine over 10, um, breaking ball for nine under three or under even under two in some cases. Well, I don't know, under three, usually. Um, multiple pitches. It seemed like every guy they took had, like, three or four pitches, and he could throw them all. Um, yeah, it, it was very interesting. They took a lot of guys with a lot of spin, um, and a lot of guys that seemed to come from programs that – some programs that are good, some programs that are bad, but they seem to really be betting on their ability to culture up pitchers, so – yeah, I, I had some debate today with someone uh, where they thought that, like, oh, the Indians must love the Florida program. Uh, I, I actually think not to, you know, I, I always get people mad at me when I do this type of stuff. But when you look at the Florida program, we were trying, I was talking with people today, and it's, you know, AJ Puck is his own situation because he can't stay healthy. And, but Logan Shore, Alex Fayedo, uh, they've struggled recently to produce talent in some respects. I think there's a chance that it might be the opposite that the Indians look at that Florida program and they look at, you know, Leftwich and Mace both disappointed. Uh, Franco is, was only there one year. So they just, you know, they had a scout there who obviously liked all of those players. But do you think there's anything to this idea that the Indians, they look for traits and, in some cases, they view it as a positive. Uh, if 
you know, I know they did this with minor league with uh, teams where like I mentioned the Reds in the past, they knew that the developmental path wasn't always the best. And they knew that there were simple fixes that could be done to get more out of players. Do you think, do you think they really like the Gators program? Or do you think there is something to my conspiracy theory that, uh, that they look at that program where, you know, Tommy Mace and, and Jack left, which the reason there were some developmental issues might've been on the player side, but it might've also been on the organization side. Um, I think it could be a bit of both. Um, you know, Florida being one of the best programs in the country, they obviously have some food when it comes to top talent. And I think that Cleveland may have liked that talent coming out of high school. Um, I think they I think there is just some incentive to go into Florida, but I also think that I, I think it's a bit of both. Um I'm kinda in the middle between you and uh you and Gage. I kinda saw you guys talking about it earlier. Um so um, I guess I'm being a moderate right now and that's kinda not cool, but yeah, it's, I mean, I'm just not sure because it is, you go through the board. I think uh, it is a mix of both, but I yeah, mean, it, 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 I mean, it's, it's, it's so nuanced too. It is. And it's, it could be a case by case thing with each program yeah. or even the, the pitcher and, and, and the pitcher in the individual case itself. So, because I mean, that's a very big toss up. When you look at, you know, they did touch programs, good and bad. I don't know if touch is the right word right there, but draft from programs, both up and down uh, who have had their, their own successes and their own failures. Uh, you know, the, one of the highest rated players by some systems was Rodney Boone and that UC Santa Barbara program is, it's not a, a huge program, but it, it's not a big conference, but in terms of what they do pitching wise, uh, it, it's really strong for teaching what might be the better way to put this <laughs> in, you know, instead of getting this about it would age and I were going back and forth is a program like Santa Barbara does a great job of teaching the basics of getting a player to a, uh, a set point. And then you can look at like the evolution of Kyle Nelson and Shane Bieber since they came to Cleveland. And I wonder if that's maybe more it to a degree where you're getting a guy who's kind of like fundamentally sound. Uh, and then the Indians know it makes it easier for them to build off of that. So maybe it's a degree of that uh, as well, where it's like setting and maybe that's for some programs like Santa Barbara. Uh, when you got somebody like, I can't remember, Will Dion, you know, he went to a very small school, their uh, ninth round pick. And again, I don't really know the coaching there. I have no idea if it's good or bad or, or anything. Uh, but, you know, there's just such a huge difference. Uh, baseball budgets are so tight that when you're at a Florida versus a you know, a lower division one school, the difference. So I agree, you know, I think you're probably right. It's, it varies across the, the board in a very heavy way. Now a quick break from a word from our sponsor. Today's show is brought to you in part by Fully Loaded Chew. Fully Loaded Chew is tobacco-free, long cut, and pouches that give you the same pack, dip, spit, and buzz you're used to without tobacco. Available in nine flavors, Fully Chew is made with all food-grade ingredients and tobacco-free nicotine, the purest form of nicotine available it's the only moist nicotine pouch on the market. All other nicotine pouches are dry white pouches. Nothing dips, spits, packs, like fully loaded. Fully Loaded Chew is offering the Locked On Team listeners a special offer. Right now you can go and try a can for just a dollar. That's right, just one dollar. Go to FullyLoadedChew.com and use the promo code Locked On. Just one dollar in free shipping if you use the code Locked On at checkout. The next time you go for a dip, make it Fully Loaded Chew. Fully loaded chew.com. 
With the ever-increasing number of makes and models, it's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure the often pointless or seemingly intimidating questions, is your Odyssey an LX or an EX? And wait while the person behind the counter orders parts on their computer, choosing only their brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have a computer with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30, 50, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership? For example, a Honda Odyssey fuel pump from a chain store is 353. Rock Auto, 216. Family owned business serving do it yourselfers for 20 years. They are reliably low priced. They have everything you could need brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet. Go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solutions to your auto part needs. Make sure that when you go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car or truck, you write Locked On in there, how'd you hear about us, box, so they know we sent you. You could say Locked On, Locked On Indians, Locked On MLB, some form of Locked On. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I did think it was interesting today, uh, it was actually from you, that uh, I learned that they signed their first non-drafted free agent. And I think it's interesting that the, they went out and got a catcher from ECU. So they're going out and adding the battery mate of Gavin Williams. Do you think that helped? Uh, I should give him his moment here. Seth uh, Cadell, I'll, I'll talk about him at some point. I'll go through all the undrafted, non-drafted free agents in a podcast. But do you think it helped that he was Gavin Williams running mate, or do you think this was just, they need some catching depth and they liked him? Um, it probably is. I, I, I definitely think so. Um, it happens a lot. I think that happens a lot, a lot, a lot, actually. Um, just to give an example of a story, but even of a bizarre story about this, um, Sixto Sanchez, he got discovered by the Phillies, by Phillies got the Dominican Republic because the Phillies wanted to see a catcher catcher's receiving skills and they had six pitch to him and also pitch him batting practice. Now that is a, a lucky find. And mind you, six was only wasn't even throwing that hard back then either. And he was only like 15 years old. Cause I, I shudder to think about how skinny he must've been at that point at like, 15 and a half with just, I mean, he is, uh, he's one of those players that just always strikes you. Uh, you know, he always, people were always afraid of the injury, which did occur because of how skinny he was. I can't imagine him as a young kid. Uh, it's, but that's, you have to get lucky sometimes it's, you know, I always tell the story with the Indians. It's like they went out and give a million dollars to, uh, Leandros, uh, blanking on his name, Leandro. I know it was Leandro Leandros. And, Yandy Diaz was just the other guy in the boat. Like, that's what he was referred to as. It was the other guy in the boat. Uh, and they were down there to see the pitcher. They gave him a million dollars, which I was back when they were not giving million dollar bonus. It was the first million dollar bonus to a foreign, uh, to an international player, I believe since uh, Danny Baez. And they just happened to see Yandy there and decide, oh, let's add this guy too. So sometimes you have to be uh, more lucky than good, it feels like, when it comes to some uh, some points of the evaluation process. Oh, definitely, for sure. Um, you know, it, it even just, you know, I don't know how to say what I'm going to say. I'm sorry. It just completely blanked my mind. I apologize for that. I'm sorry. 
Oh, no, it's totally okay. Uh, so throughout the rest of this draft class, as you mentioned, it's they went for guys who know how to pitch, and they went for, you know, a lot of guys had high strikeout rates, especially when they got into day three, not as many. Uh, I talked about some of the the interesting guys like uh, Alaska Abney with the sidearm approach. Uh, I had forgotten that Trent Denholm. Denholm, I mean, yes, I do talk about him a lot because I, I pre- predicted him to the Indians two years ago. And uh, I'm just going to, much like getting the White Sox pick right uh, nearly a year ahead of time, two years in a row, uh, there's certain things I'm just going to brag about till I die. But one of the things I didn't realize at Denholm, but I think this is a, an interesting point, is he's been up to 95 this year, and he's been having the worst year of his career. Uh, UC Irvine pitcher. How much do you think in a case like that, do you think he is, when you get that velocity jump, this is a guy who was, like 91 two years ago. Now he's up to 95. Do you think there's a degree of overthrowing? Do you think it's a degree of trying to harness new stuff? Uh, do you think it's messing with, you know, did he mess with his delivery to a degree and he's trying to figure things out? Could it be all of those things? Uh, I had completely missed it. Like this is a player who is the oddest case where his velocity has jumped like four miles an hour, but his draft stock uh, took a huge hit. Well, I mean, it definitely could be the case, but I also think that um, we both know Cleveland really likes to look at all three years or all four years if a player has played four years. Um, They don't really weigh the junior year as heavily as others if there's performance in the past or there's underlying traits that they like in players, especially pitchers. So, and that's the same exact approach it took with Shane Bieber. So, um, Except he had a down sophomore year. It was the other way around. But I, I definitely think it, it, it applies in this case, in this case too, this way. And I feel like we, I feel like this draft just is just saying he's doing what they always done. And that's a good thing because they, things they do well, they, they, they repeat, they repeatedly do them. They don't really try to do too much and try and um, overthink themselves out of successful habits. Um, so, I'm I'm very content with this draft. I, I like it, but we'll have to see where it goes. Because I mean, they really just played to their strengths, and I feel like this, they should have done. The other thing I'm very curious about with this draft is when it's all said and done. I want to see how they spend. Um, before last before last year, they always spent to the max, which is like essentially like five percent minus a dollar. Because uh, if you go up to five percent, if you spend five percent over your max, you lose a draft pick. If you spend, you know, 5% minus a dollar, you have to essentially that extra 5% on a few million dollars, it's, you know, tens of thousands of dollars. You end up paying that is basically every dollar you spend over your pool, you pay twice. You're going to pay to the player and you're going to pay as a fine. So it ends up being, but they've always uh, positioned themselves. And then last year was weird because there was not those extra rounds. They actually didn't spend all of their pool money last year. It's the first time that's ever happened. And maybe I was underestimating how much leverage players have having lost 2020, but it still felt like a year where they came in a little light. Now I could be totally wrong, but I am curious to see how they spend. Uh, They were not as bad as the Baltimore Orioles probably had my least favorite draft of any team where I thought that more so than the Indians, I'm going to be looking to see if they spend all of their money, but uh, I'm curious to see how the money gets spread out to who it goes and how many of those day three guys uh, 
end up going over slot because maybe I'm wrong, but I'm assuming they're going to sign all 20 players. Don't you think so? I definitely think they they have they kind of have to. Now there were some. I teams- really feel like I mean with the, just the mentality of the of the Indians and how they kind of view the draft and acquiring young talent. They, they I definitely think they they're gonna try and acquire and do their best to acquire all twenty players. I think they will. And it'll be interesting to see how to how you how you see the draft strategy unfold after you see the the bonus allocations and everything like that, and see who was over slot, who was under slot, who was at the recommended amount, whatnot. So, yeah, I I'll be very curious just in general about like, well, not necessarily curious, but I think is interesting is you know there were definitely teams that in the latest late rounds were punting picks, which is kind of weird in a twentieth round twenty round draft. But really? over the past few. Yeah, uh, well, it's like is it the Padres took Gage Jump in the 19th. He's not signing. The Rangers took Will Taylor in the 20th. He's not signing. Like teams totally just in those late-round picks decided they were good, and they drafted, you know, did – how do they phrase it? They, they say it so nicely. They uh, uh, Other people call it like, you know, oh, well, they're recognizing that player's talent. They're giving them a chance, you know, letting them get their name called. And – uh I mean, in the past, the Indians did that. Like they drafted um, uh, Paul Dolan's son one year when he was coming out of high school in like the late 30s. And then they drafted Tom Hamilton's son. Yeah. Well, he was a legit player at Kent. They drafted one of his two sons. I thought for sure they were going to draft Brad, his young, his, the younger son, uh, but they didn't. Uh, they didn't even bring him in, but they drafted like a TJ maybe, I want to say. Um, but yeah, they, they've done that. You know, I remember... I was covering it uh, back in use with the Browns. The Padres spent a draft pick on Johnny Manziel. Like that's how weird it could get. Oh um, yeah. Or the, oh, the Yankees, they drafted Russell Wilson. Yeah. And then, well, I mean, Russell Wilson at least was like a, a prospect if he had ever, you know, he had some interest in playing, but it, you know, and he tried and then like back, back in the day, I think it was, you know, people I, I talk about when I go into things, it's like Danny White, the quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys. So I think that was with an intent to get him to play baseball or I don't know. Don't know how many people remember Darnell Dinkins, the tight end at Ohio state, the Indians actually drafted him when he was a high school uh, kid. So I assume with an attempt to, to sign like John Wayne was drafted by a team at one point in time. It gets, it gets a little weird. A lot of like sons of scouts and things like that used to happen, especially in the thirties. Uh, the, not the 1930s, but the picks that were in the 30s or the picks that were in the 40s, uh, which don't exist anymore. But the Indians really got away from that in the past few years. They didn't sign everyone, uh, but you know, there's we're going to see less of each of the past few years. Uh, there's been at least three to four first rounders that the Indians drafted out of high school. Yeah, with no magical. Yeah, magical Austin Martin from last year, Asa Lacy. Um, yep. Trying to think from this year's class uh blanking right now but there's more than a few and it's you know it, it i don't think we're going to see that as much anymore that and this is not guys who got it nick magical is the one who got away uh it's the unfortunate story of like they were deciding between him and luke wakamatsu and wakamatsu was the higher rated player and they got him to sign and they gave him the extra money, the big bonus and they didn't get nick magical and that was the difference like they made a legit push for him it just 
they made the wrong choice in the end. And uh, it was one of those situations where, yes, it ended up not working out. But I mean, at the time, I wanted them to get Wakamatsu. He, you know, it's the son of Don. He's got bloodlines. He's a like a nearly a top 100 prospect. And yeah, again, sometimes you have to just be uh, lucky. You know, it, it happens. It's you can look at the Cavaliers, right? Like this year they moved up in the draft because they lost a coin flip. You go back to the Anthony Davis draft where New Orleans got Anthony Davis because they lost a coin flip with the Cavs. Sometimes uh, first you have to be unlucky to get lucky. And that's, you know, with the Indians, sometimes you just don't pick the right player in that. But for the most part, you know, and Austin Martin was never going to sign and Asa Lacey wasn't going to sign. And we're not going to see as much of that with the Indians. I know, like you mentioned earlier, you didn't go too in-depth on the draft. Were there any other teams that you looked at where their classes intrigued you or uh, ones you liked or disliked? I haven't looked at any other teams' drafts yet, to be honest. Um, I still have to do that. I'm just, I'm trying to um, kind of get back into writing and stuff right now, actually. So I'm kind of working on that. I've got some um, things I'm working on this week. So that's where my head is at right now, actually. Were there any players you were looking at to hopefully, like, for some of your writing series to uh, maybe get a chance to talk to down the road? Um, uh, I, I can't give any names. Okay. Um, but I have. Fair enough. I, well, I will say this. I have um, two interviews for sure coming up soon with two players in the minors, a uh, hitting coach in the minors. I saw you know, a draft night was a blur and uh I feel like I saw you retweeting um, about an athlete who was drafted where I, I wanted to, or maybe it was you were right under a tweet about that player. And I'm like, Oh, I hope Pat en- ends up talking with that player. And I can't think who it is now, but uh, it was. I think it might've been Kilo Watson. It, yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, he, it was, it was just his own tweet. I think. Okay. Cause he got, I don't know who I got to go dig. You know, I saw someone had said that somebody talked about character concerns with him in a, a mock and I have to go see uh, where that happened because someone did him uh, incredibly dirty on draft night and uh, that's to the Marlins benefit, but I, I still can't get over uh, a major, um, you know, that he, he fell. I, that's mind boggling to me. Like a, ma- a major um, person said, wrote that report. Well, I saw someone tweet out that, like, you know, someone had talked about character concerns in a big blog. I got to see. I'm, I'm, you know, I, I don't know specifics. I didn't see who, you know, I know on draft night itself, uh, anyone who listened to our stream, I said he can be fiery. You know, he is a guy who does not like to lose. He, he is very passionate about the game. He's very passionate about playing the game well, you know, you look at that and I'm like, that is the only negative. Uh, and that's not a negative. <laughs> it's, it shouldn't be at least, but that is the only thing I could come up with where I've talked about before where, yeah, some people get annoyed where he gets very, you know, he's, he, this is a player who lives and dies on the field. It should be a positive, but some people are like, Oh, Oh, he's, you know, why is he getting so mad? It's like, this is not an, a negative, uh, stop like when i saw it reported at points so i don't know if it tied to that or what but i've been still trying to figure out uh exactly what happened there but i marlin's benefit uh, i was sitting there secretly hoping 
well, not hoping because I didn't want him to fall further, but I was like, man, it would be amazing if he went to the Indians somehow. If they just offered him almost their entire pool, uh, I would have been uh, ecstatic. He he might have immediately become the top prospect in that in the Indian system for me. Uh, honestly, if he had fallen, as much as there are other players I really like, uh, that kid can do it all. And I can still call him a kid because I'm 40 and he's a teenager. So I'm officially at that age where it's a, I'm allowed to call everyone younger than me kid, I believe, without it being disrespectful. Now it's time for another quick break to talk about one of the fantastic sponsors that keeps our show on the air. And that sponsor today is Bet Online. You know Bet Online, they've been our sponsor for quite a few months now. Go check out betonline.ag yourself, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball's in full swing, pun intended, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC slash MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest informations. Don't sit on the sidelines. Get in the game with Bet Online today. Head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50%, 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use the promo code Locked On. Bet online, your online sports book experts. New game day shirt, boom, cash back. Food for the tailgate, boom, cash back. Even buying around can earn you cash back when you use your debit card. And yes, we said debit card. With Discover Cashback Debit, everyone can earn cash back on everyday purchases. In sports, it's hard to predict who's taking the win, but you know what's guaranteed to win? Discover Cashback Debit. Did I mention there are no fees, period? This one is a real game changer. Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashbackdebit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. Now that we talked about Watson, we talked about the Indians draft class. So, Pat, you know, we talk, got a chance to talk about the draft. It's always a fun thing to do. But with the, you know, kind of the second half getting ready to start, what are you going to be looking forward, looking at, I should say, specifically as it relates to this Indians team? Is there anything that you're uh, you're focused on or anything you're looking at uh, as, you know, we have this few weeks before the deadline? Um, I'm looking to see how this team performs as they kind of, you know, rest and come back and get healthy, you know. This young team, I kind of, you know, bounced back from a bad losing streak by, you know, with the back back walk-off wins and then, you know, just a little um, three-game winning streak I think they had there um, where they, where they kind of, you know, shook it off, shook it off and kind of got back into the into things. Um, you know, this team being the second-half team in Terry Francona, it'll be interesting to see if that team continues this year with this team being the youngest team in the majors, you know. Um, maybe that better experience could help could have helped that team over, you know, over the last few years. So we'll see if that dynamic shifts. Um, I'm looking forward to see how the rotation does with as um, Savali and Bieber are still trying to get their stuff together. You know, McKenzie looked really well in that start. Um, Elon Morgan has shown some very good signs, even though he struggled a bit and had a lot of bad luck. Um, Logan Allen's kind of not good. Um, Kyle Quantrill's Quantrill's been really good which is really cool to see, you know, after he kind of didn't get that chance to start after he was trying to get that fifth rotation spot. And now he's kind of getting his chance to start and he's performing. Yeah, I'm, I agree. It's, it's pitching. It's, uh, you know, for me, it's the, the major league one, but I'm also just like looking forward to 
seeing what Logan Allen can do. And I, I was just decided to stop and take a moment and like trying to figure out like is Scott Moss, like what's going on there. Um, just trying to see what's going to happen with this Indians team. And then of course the whole, will they or won't they make some moves? Uh, and if so, what moves will they make uh, as we go through and it's hard to believe we are what June 14th now. So July a little 15. more, yeah, a little, uh, well, this will drop one on the 15th. So a little more than two weeks until the trade deadline. Uh, we've seen them do early trades in the past. Uh, as we approach this, this deadline, what do you think we're going to see first? Uh, them make a trade or them call up uh, some of their more interesting prospects in double A, like, uh, like Jimenez or Nolan Jones, some of those guys who've been kind of stuck down there. You think we'll see, uh, a big call up or a big trade occur first. I think we'll see a call up first. Which player do you think is the one they'll go to? Um, that's a good question. Because I know like Jones has the limited positioning, but Jimenez is really like mostly a shortstop. Uh, it's I'm I I'm conflicted. I, I don't know which way they would go personally. And that's why I was like, I'll see if, if you have a, a, a gut feel. I don't know. I mean, I, I can see a big trade happening. Let's say they decide they're going to trade prospects. And that'll be interesting considering on who they want and who's on the market, what position they want to fill it, fill that trade in that, you know? No, I a hundred percent agree. Um, they got to do something. You know, we, we talked about the mess that is the 40 man. Uh, I've talked about so much. So on the show, someone was asking me about how the draft is going to make it worse. I'm like, no, no, you don't have to worry. If anyone out there uh, doesn't was thinking about that as well, you don't have to add a college player to your 40 man until they've been in the minus four years, a high school player, five years. So you don't have to worry. This doesn't change anything, but yeah, it's going to be uh, a fun next few months. Uh, I realize with the zoom, it doesn't give me a time, but I feel like we've got 30 minutes of, of, of chatter to go and I don't want to take up too much more of your evening. Uh, Pat, tell them where they can find your work. Um, you can find me on Twitter at tangible underscore uno. Um, you can follow my work in my Twitter bio and a link there in the clippings me, um, slash tangible uno. Um, that's me. That's all my work I've written so far. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Jeff MLB draft. Uh, I'm going to be hitting the Northwoods league. Uh, most Fridays, I don't know if I'm going to have any written reports, but you can find that over at mlbdraftnow.blogspot.com. Thanks for joining me, Pat, and uh, for the the discussion of the draft. It's nice to uh, kind of see what others are thinking. I think that when it comes to the draft, the best approach is always uh, more of a group than a solo one. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening, rating, and reviewing. Uh, leading up to the draft, we had our strongest week in a very long time. We broke the top 100 baseball podcasts on iTunes. I saw that. So let's uh, thank you to everyone out there and let's keep it going. Download daily, uh, rate and review, get a friend to listen. That's also uh, important and helpful to our show. And remember for the next year, maybe two, go tribe. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.